0: I want us to pray. And and this is so important. This is so important that we pray. You need to pray like this. And I say it all the time. God, let me have ears that can hear what the spirit is saying to the church. Listen, we we need to we need to be able to understand what God's saying to us. And let's pray that right now. God, i'm asking god that you would put a spirit of revelation on this congregation today god god let us have ears that could understand what your spirit is trying to tell the church today god i believe you've got a definite message for us i believe god that you've got a certain word for us god let us have ears that can hear what the spirit is saying to the church today
1: amen come on let's lift our hands one more time praise him come on let's talk to him i love you jesus i love you jesus oh we magnify your name we magnify your name aren't you thankful to be in the house of god today anything can happen here anything's possible Amen, when we gather together in his name, he's in the midst of us, so anything is possible. How many needs a miracle today? How many needs some uh, blessing today, encouragement, strength? Will you come to the right place, because his spirit is here. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Aren't you thankful for the liberty of the Holy Ghost? Amen. It, it is our honor to be here, and uh, feel, I do feel... a. Uh, uh, definite word <clears throat> that the Lord has given me and I'm going to do my best to, uh, to preach what he laid on my heart. Amen. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Malachi chapter 1. Give honor to your pastor and first lady. Love and appreciate them so very much. and All that God is doing. Amen. Aren't you thankful for the moving of the Holy Ghost? Amen. If he don't move, we're, we're, we're no different than anybody else. Amen. So we have to have his spirit moving. Amen. And uh, I'm thankful for that. Malachi chapter 1 and verse 1. The burden of the word of the Lord to Israel by Malachi. A burden of the word of the Lord to Israel by Malachi. I have loved you, saith the Lord. Yet ye say, wherein hast thou loved us? Was not Esau Jacob's brother? saith the Lord, yet I loved Jacob and I hated Esau and laid his mountains and his heritage waste for the dragons of the wilderness. Whereas Edom saith, or Esau, we are impoverished, but we will return and build the desolate places. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, they shall build, but I will throw down. And they shall call them the border of wickedness and the people against whom the Lord hath indignation forever. Sobering words today by the prophet Malachi, but I want to preach by the help of the Holy Ghost about the spirit of Esau. The spirit of Esau. Let's lift up our hands right now and talk to him for a little bit. Lord, we love you. We praise you. We thank you, Lord, for what you're going to do in this service, God. I thank you for your word, Lord Jesus. I pray that you don't want my mouth and not my mind, God, because I lack the words, the vocabulary, the wisdom, Jesus. I need your help, God. I need you to speak to your people, God. I my voice. Touch my, mo- my voice, Lord Jesus. Let your word fall on good ground. Come on, let's praise him right now. Let your word fall on good ground, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. We magnify your name. Talk to us, Lord. And we'll give you all the praise and honor. Give him one more good hand clap of praise before you're seated. Come on, a good hand clap of praise. We thank you, Jesus. Amen, amen, amen. You can be seated. I was praying yesterday afternoon in Springdale and asking God for direction for this service. And God began to deal with me. I was listening to, I uh, had an earbud in, and I was listening to my Bible, closing my eyes, and and the 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 yearly uh, reading fell upon the story of Esau and Jacob, and um, the Holy Ghost began to deal with me, Pastor Dykes, and and. This spirit of Esau is what is prevalent in the world today. This spirit of Esau that we're going to talk about is, is uh, alive and well. It is uh, doing its best to disrupt homes and disrupt churches and disrupt communities. Amen. And, and I, I just feel like exposing it for what it is amen, because we're not ignorant of Satan's devices, amen, and I believe the more we understand and the more we're aware of what we're facing, we can fight a little better and fight a little bit more equipped, amen, so um, it was with that that I began to think about Esau, I was praying about an entirely different situation and God began to deal with me about this message, woke me up in the middle of the night, last night early in the morning, it was still dark outside and and it's the spirit of Esau that that we're battling. It's the spirit of Esau that's rampant in our world. God is love, church. There is never, there was never a more adequate description of God's character than He is love. For God so loved the world, Amen. No greater love than this than a man would lay down his life for a friend. Love covers a multitude of sins. Somebody say it with me. God is love. Amen. Aren't you thankful for the love of God this morning? Amen. But God can be provoked to hate. It takes a lot, but it's possible to push God to hate. Solomon gave us a list of things God hates. He hates them so much that they are considered by God to be an abomination unto him. Proverbs 6 and 16 says, These six things doth the Lord hate, yea, seven are an abomination unto him, a proud look. Amen. God hates pride. Amen. A lying tongue and hands that shed innocent blood. A heart that deviseth wicked imaginations. Feet that be swift in running to mischief. A false witness that speaketh lies. And he that soweth discord among the brethren. These seven things are actions that God hates. Actions that we should all avoid with fervent tenacity. It's one thing to do actions that God hates, and it's an entirely different thing to be hated by God. I said it's one thing for me to do actions that God hates. But it's an entirely different thing for God to hate me. He loves the sinner, but he hates the sin. And so uh, for God to hate somebody, it's not found, Sister Dykes, very often in Scripture where God points out somebody and says, I hate him. And so when that's in Scripture, I want to know why God hates somebody. Because I don't know about you, but I want him to love me. When he looks down on my life, I want him to smile. Amen, somebody. When he thinks about me, I want him to bring a smile to his face. Uh, I want him to to say, that's my boy. Uh, That's the one who loves me. That's the one who serves me. And so anytime I see something out of the ordinary, I want to find out why. And the Bible says he hates Esau. The story of Jacob and Esau has always captivated my attention. From birth, it seemed that Jacob knew Esau and his blessing was within reach. As a newborn baby, Jacob, while Esau was already birthed and the midwives were picking him up, reached out and grabbed the heel of his brother Esau. This act caused him to be named Jacob, meaning one that follows on another's heels or the supplanter. In this story, we aren't even out of the first chapter of their history and we find Esau running up to Jacob claiming that he's about to die from starvation. I've said it before, but if you're living in the house of Isaac, you are nowhere near starvation. I said, if you're living under the blessings of Abraham, you're nowhere near starvation. God blesses everywhere you go. God goes before you. God pours it out on you. God gives you favor to people that are your enemies. God blesses those that bless you, Abraham, and he curses those that curse you. So he was not starving, but yet Esau saw. Runs up to Jacob claiming he's about to die. Jacob, the heel grabber, sees his first opportunity to find out how Esau views his birthright. Genesis 25 and 29 tells us what happened. And Jacob sawed pottage, and Esau came from the field, and he was faint. And Esau said to Jacob, Feed me, I pray thee with that same red pottage, for I am faint. Therefore was his name called Edom. And Jacob said, sell me this day thy birthright. And Esau said, behold, I am at the point to die. What profit shall this birthright do to me? Jacob knew he wasn't going to die. Esau knew he wasn't going to die. So most theologians believe uh, that Esau was saying, uh, my birthright uh, is going to outlive me, and it don't really matter if I get it now or get it later. It means nothing to me. Amen. It's just part of what I was born into. I'm never going to obtain what my birthright represents. And so that's why he said, what profit shall this birthright do to me? And Jacob said, swear to me. Swear to me this day, and he's swearing to him. And the Bible says, and he sold his birthright unto Jacob. Then Jacob gave Esau bread and pottage of lentils, and he did eat and drink and rose up and went his way. Thus Esau despised his birthright. This is the first act that Esau did to provoke God. When we place no value on the kindness of the favor, the blessings of God, it's as if we throw the goodness of God in the trash can of unthankfulness and say your blessings haven't benefited me one thing. I pray that God helps us show every day that if it had not been for the Lord who was on our side, amen, somebody. I said, if it had not been for the Lord who was on my side, I don't know about you, but I can't walk without him. I can't think without him. I have no hope without him. Everything I am, everything I have is because of Jesus Christ. God, don't ever let me get to a place that my mind is so deluded that I look at this birthright, that I look at this experience, and say, it's not worth anything. It doesn't profit me anything. If it had not been for Jesus, where would I be? If it had not been for his goodness, his kindness, oh, where could I be? Amen. I'm so thankful this morning. If it had not been for the tender mercies of God, you and I wouldn't be here. I think it's appropriate that we all just give God praise right now for his goodness, his kindness, his faithfulness. I want God to look down in this church today and see there are people that are thankful for the birthright. I'm thankful for you, Jesus. Now we fast forward a few years, and Jacob and Esau are now 40 years old. Esau's looking for a wife or two. He doesn't go looking for women of Canaan. No, Esau goes to another people. Esau goes to the Hittites. The Bible says in Genesis 26 and 35 the two wives of Esau were a grief of mind to Isaac and Rebekah. One translation says Esau's wives made life miserable for Isaac and Rebekah. He despised his birthright so much. That he said, my children aren't going to be raised like I was raised. Hear me today, church. He said, my children aren't going to be raised like I was raised. He despised his birthright. You ought to thank God right now for being raised in truth. I said, you ought to rejoice right now for being told we don't wear that, we don't go there, we don't do that. It's nothing to despise. It's the greatest gift God ever gave you, Esau, to be raised in a godly home under the blessings and covenant of Abraham. I need to emphasize yet again, you ought to thank God right now for the truth. If you've never been in truth, if you're a first-generation apostolic, then you ought to pause right now and thank God because He thought enough of you to show you truth. He thought enough of you to bring you in the family. I don't don't despise what I've been raised in. I'm thankful my mom and dad told me, hey, this is what the book says. This is what you need to do. This is what you need to obey. It wasn't hard to me. It wasn't rough to me. It was a blessing because I knew I found what I was looking for. That's reason enough to shout, praise God. He thought enough of you and I to pull us out of the world we were in. And bring us into this glorious truth. The Bible says that Isaac loved Esau, but Rebecca loved Jacob. That lets me know that Esau overlooked the love his father showed to him. What would cause God to hate Esau? He took for granted the love of his father. Today when you feel God reaching down to you, loving you, drawing you, don't shut it. Don't shun it don't ignore it. Embrace it and open up your heart to him. Amen. I'm telling you right now, when God moves and we feel his presence and we're in his presence and God talks to us and God visits us, that's the most precious thing. God loves us. And Esau, Esau despised his birthright and he ignored the love of his father. I'm preaching today about the spirit of Esau that's rampant in this world that's dividing homes, that's dividing families, that's divided communities that's creeping in churches. Amen. It's an unthankful and unholy generation is what the Bible said is going to be in the last days. Amen. They're not thankful for what God's done. They're not thankful for the blessings of God. And so they come to the house of God and it's just going through the motions. It's It's just a routine. It's nothing precious. It's nothing beautiful. But when God steps off his throne and talks to us, I pray we cherish every time he does. Why? Because that's the loving Father reaching down to us and saying I still love you my favor is on you, my blessings are on you, I'm going to be good to you I want to be kind to you, help us oh God cherish the moving and loving of your spirit the tipping point came when Isaac is on his deathbed his eyes are full of cataracts to the point it's hard for him to see Isaac knows His time is short, and he calls Esau in into his room. Genesis 27 and 1 says it came to pass that when Isaac was old and his eyes were dim so that he could not see, he called Esau, his eldest son, and said unto him, My son, and he said unto him, Behold, here I am. And he said, Behold, now I am old, and I know not the day of my death. Now therefore take, I pray thee, thy weapons, thy quiver, and thy bow, and go out to the field and take me some venison, and make me savory meat such as I love. Oh man, it's beautiful when God loves what we bring him. I said it's beautiful when God loves what we bring him. Amen. Esau despised the fact, overlooked the fact that he had a gift to make his father smile. He had a gift that brought pleasure to his father. I don't want to ever be in the house of God and not realize that he cherishes everything I bring him. When I come up here and lift up holy hands without wrath or malice, Sister Naomi, he loves that. When I come up here, and I may have messed up and dropped the ball, but I say, God, I'm sorry. Please forgive me. He loves that kind of gift. I don't want to ever forget to to bring God the things that he loves. I don't want to ever take for granted the ability to touch him. Amen. With my offering, with my gift, I'm telling somebody right now, you're in the house of God, and God's going to move on you and talk to you. Bring your gift to him. Bring something that's pleasing to him. Don't ever take for granted what you have pleases the Father. He said, bring me, make me some of that savory meat that I love, that I may eat it, and that my soul may bless thee before I die. The spirit of Esau overlooks the fact that through the ears, Isaac's mouth would water, and he'd say, Esau, bring me some of that food. And Esau would bring it to him. And it would bless Isaac. And Isaac would say, oh, one of these days. I'm going to bless you. Esau now, though, gets motivated to get his blessing. That was afforded to him by being the firstborn son. Rebekah hears Isaac's request and quickly runs to tell Jacob, she devises a plan, makes Jacob some disguises to hide the differences between him and his brother, cooks the meat just like Isaac did. Isaac liked. And Jacob enters into Isaac, Isaac's room and deceives his father out of the blessing. Isaac said, You sound like Jacob. Or you sound, yeah, you sound like Jacob. But he starts feeling the disguise and say, but you feel like Esau. His eyes couldn't see, so he was going by his feeling, and Jacob gets the blessing. A moment or two later, Jacob's gone, and Esau walks in, and he asks Isaac for his blessing. It's now known that Jacob got the blessing But it's Esau's response that I feel pushed God to hate him. The Bible says when he realized that Jacob had deceived him, the first thing he said was, you named him right, Dad. He's deceived me twice. He's pulled the wool over my eyes twice. He tricked me twice in my lifetime. He begs. Isaac, the Bible says he weeps bitterly. He begs Isaac, cries out bitterly. But instead of realizing his actions are what caused the blessings to be taken away, he blames Jacob. Uh, Hear me, church, if there's anything God despises, uh, it's when people refuse to accept responsibility for their own actions. I said, if there's anything God despises, it's when we put the blame on somebody else. Adam said, it was this woman you gave me, God, that caused me to sin. I took the apple or whatever it was, and I ate the fruit, but it was because you gave me this woman that I sinned. God always has despised people that are unwilling to take responsibility for their action. I'm here to preach to somebody right now. God has brought you in this place for a purpose and a reason, and you're responsible. Responsibility is to act on the spirit of God that's moving in your life. It doesn't matter how much you messed up. It doesn't matter how many things you've done wrong. As God moves, you're responsible for the action. As God talks to you, you're responsible for the action. You may have made the sin, but you can make the repentance. You may make you, can, you may have made mistakes, but you can make it right. We are living in a time where people don't want anybody to judge them. Replaced his John three sixteen as the most quoted verse in the Bible. Now it's Matthew 7 Judge not that you be not judged. It's the spirit of Esau that wants to tell this church, this world, that you're not responsible for your action. It's somebody else's fault. I'm going to preach and hopefully you respond, but if you don't respond, I'm still going to preach because I know what spirit is in this world. It's a spirit that says, I'm a victim. It's a spirit that says it's your fault or it's their fault. I'm in the place I'm in. They don't want to take any responsibility for their own actions. But I'm preaching today under the power of the Holy Ghost that if we'll accept responsibility, our system, our world, our ideas, our blessings will change. When we understand it's me, it's me, it's me, oh Lord, what are you doing? I'm standing in the need of prayer. I'm the one that messed up and I'm the one that's going to make it right. But Esau said it's because of Jacob. Not me. It was Jacob's fault. You named him, Daddy. You're the one calling him Jacob. and He's the reason why I don't get a blessing. Yeah, just a few verses earlier, he despised his birthright. He despised his birthright, Brother Jazz. And God ceased through it all. We don't hide anything from him. They can act how they want to in this world and still yet the consequences th- of their actions aren't their fault, they'll say. "You Know anybody like that? They come to you with a litany of excuses on why, but it never is pointed back toward them. It's the spirit that we're facing right now. It's the spirit that's in this world right now. Don't judge me. It's not my fault. It's their fault. It's the place I was raised in. It's my family. It's my mom and dad. I saw a quote the other day. Hey Amen. Don't stop blaming your, your mom and dad for everything. You're an adult now. Grow up and take responsibility for your actions. I don't care what home you were raised in. If you're an adult, if you've got a right mind, you can decide today, hey, I'm going to live right. I'm going to do right. I'm going to follow God's commandments, and His blessings are going to follow my life. I'm not going to blame everybody else for my situations I'm going to own up to my mistakes and I'm going to say God forgive me help me cleanse me make me right why because I want to be something that you're pleased with I want to have your favor on my life but it's this victim mentality that God hates it's this it's their fault I'm innocent It's hard to deal with people like that. It's hard to help people like that. There's a lot of people in this world that you're frustrated over right now. In your world that you're frustrated over with, you got to stop being frustrated because they've got to get to a place where they like the prodigal son. They come to themselves and realize, look, I'm the one that got myself in the pig pen. I'm going to go to the house of God. Amen. The reason why some people frustrate themselves over lost or backslidden people is because they think they can say something to change their mind. You're not going to change it in their mind no matter what you say or what you do. You pray for them. You love them. But they got to realize, i got myself in this pig pen. and I'm the one that can get myself out and go home. I may not have anything to offer him, but this one thing I'll do, I'll go and say, God, I'm not worthy to be your son. I just want to be a servant. They've got to come to themselves. Quit frustrating yourself and trying to reach somebody that hasn't came to themselves. Mom and Dad, you keep praying for them, but you don't go to bed at night feeling guilty. They've got to own up to it. You gave them the blessings. You gave them the favor. You raised them right. You did everything right. they just in a betwixt a betwixt the little gulf right now. They're in a spot right now they don't understand. But one of these days, that Bible lesson is going to come back to them. One of these days, that Sunday school is going to come back to them. One of these days, they're going to hear mama's prayers all over again. One of these days, they're going to change and say, wait a minute, what? What did I do to get here? It's not my mama's fault. It's not my daddy's fault. It's not my brother's fault. It's nobody's fault but my own. I'm going home. I'm coming back to the house of God. I'm preaching to a crying mama right now. You keep on praying. You keep on believing. God is dealing with them. You start praying against the spirit of Esau in their life. I said, you start praying against the spirit of Esau in their life. Oh, I feel this, Brother Dyson. There's a spirit in this world right now. It's a spirit that haunts you at night, uh, keeps you up at night, thinking how they're going to come, how they're going to turn, when are they going to change. I'll tell you when. It's when they realize they are the ones that got themselves in this mess. Esau never found it. Esau never got to the place where he said, it's my fault. He goes to his father and says it's your fault for naming him Jacob When just two chapters before he said I'm about to die give me some pottage help me Jacob I'm about to die give me something oh I want your birthright that's okay you don't mean anything to me and when it's time to get the birthright he's sitting there saying it's your fault daddy Tell me I'm preaching against that spirit. It's come in our homes. It's invaded our kids. It's invaded every aspect of our life. It's not my fault. It's their fault. It's not anything I did. It's what they did. You know, I, I'm telling you right now, we are so divided as a nation because nobody wants to take responsibility for their action. Amen. Nobody wants to take responsibility for their own actions. We would cleanse this nation. We would bring revival. We would have an outpouring of the Holy Ghost. We would have a harvest so great. If everybody just looked in that mirror and said, it's me, God, the Bible. Bible says what man or man looks in that mirror and he turns away and don't even remember who he is. He's a double-minded man that's unstable in all his ways. God help me to look into the mirror of life and when I messed up, I'm able to say it's my fault. I did it. I made the choice, but I'm going to go home. I'm going back to the house of God. I'm going to fix my life. I hate the spirit of Esau. haunts moms and dads and it convinces kids they'll never come home it splits marriages because it's her fault I'm going to say it right now there's no innocent parties in divorce I haven't found any stop blaming her Stop blaming him. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. My wife said a long time ago, we're like we're like a pyramid. We're over here, God's over here, and we're over here, I'm over here, she's over here, and God's up there. The closer we get to God, the closer we get to each other. When we start working on our relationship with God, when we start taking responsibility for our actions, you'll be amazed how close you get to your wife. You'll be amazed how much you love your husband. You'll be amazed how much peace comes in your home. I'm preaching to somebody right now. The spirit of Esau wants to pit people against each other when it is just our own fault. So build that marriage getting Him. Because the more we try to do this, the more faults we're going to find. The more we look at each other, the more we're going to take notice. Of, oh, and I'm sorry. If you've had divorce and suffered, I understand there's bad situations. But God's a healer of every situation. And God can take your mess and make it beautiful. And God can do things that you never thought possible. No matter what I do in life, help me identify that Esau spirit. Help me identify the spirit of this world. The Bible says in 2 Timothy 3 and 1, this know also in the last days, perilous or dangerous times shall come. Tell me if we're not here. For men shall be lovers of what? Their own selves. Covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. It's the spirit of Esau. His mom and dad said, when, when, you know, you know when, uh, I didn't put it in here, but it just, God just brought it back to my memory. When, when, when Isaac told Rebecca to send Jacob to his when Jacob and, uh, was going to uh, Laban his 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 mom's dad his grandpa's house his family, Jacob, Isaac and Rebecca said we need to send him there to make sure he finds a wife of Canaan. This is another thing that God hated about Esau. Isaac and Rebekah said we need to send Jacob to Laban so he can find a, a a wife out of the house of of Laban, out of the house of Canaan. We need him not to be like Esau was with his two wives. They they wore us out. They they were they were terrible and they brought a lot of strife in our home. And the Bible says, listen to me. The Bible says that Esau, he's already married two Hittite women women, and the Bible says he hears that Isaac and Rebekah had sent Jacob to go marry a wife out of the land of Canaan. And the Bible says that Esau realized that his family didn't like amen, women that were not Canaanites and didn't want them to be a part of the family. And the Bible says that Esau went to Ishmael and found a wife. Ishmael is Abraham's son of the bond servant. And the Bible says that he went there to find my wife. I want part of but I don't want all of it. The spirit of Esau says, I want to do the minimum requirements to try to get moms and dads approval. I'm going to go get me a wife of, 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 of Abraham It's not Abraham and Sarah. It's not in the line of blessings. I want to go to Ishmael. I want to go. I want to go over there. I'm preaching to every young person right now that can listen to me. Taste not, touch not, handle not. Don't mess with the world. Don't get part of church and part of the world. Don't get part of of, of oneness and part of false doctrine. Don't get part of truth and part of falsehood. No, you get everything in this church, and you build your house and your family on this church. I don't want just a portion of Abraham's blessings. I want all of his blessings. I don't want to just get part where it looks like I'm kind of the part, but God knows I'm Married up to another side. No, I, that's why Jesus said you cannot serve two masters because you're going to hate the one and love the other. Esau said, "I know how to do the uh, 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 go around this hating." Amen. Anybody that's not Canaan, I'll just get a little bit of Abraham's blessings. I'll just get a little bit. I'll get a little bit, but I don't want to go all the way. God said, I hate Esau because he's not fully committed. He's not fully in. They're traitors, they're heady, they're high minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. Paul warns Timothy they have a form of godliness. This is what brought it to my attention. They have a form of godliness. Oh, we got a form of Abraham but we're not part of the Abraham and Sarah covenant. We got a form, but we deny the power. And he said from such turn away. The spirit of Esau wants you to be satisfied with a portion. Satisfied with just getting a feeling every once in a while, but not changing. Amen. I'm, 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 I'm happy for your progress in knowing God, but there's a lot more that God wants you to have. I've seen so many people. I've seen so many people, Sister Gabby, come to the front, and they pray and they cry, and, they, and God moves them, and, and repentance is a powerful thing. And they feel the anointing of God touch their life, and they stop right there. God's got a gift for you that he wants to give you. Won't you pour out your heart and say, God, I'm sorry? Amen. Don't be satisfied with just part of an Abrahamic covenant. Don't just be satisfied by the covering of your sins and the and the wiping away of your sins. No, get everything God has for you and say, God, I want your spirit living in me. I'm not just satisfied with a touch of repentance, but God, I want your spirit living inside of me. I want something that makes a difference. The reason why you can't fight against the spirit of Esau is because because you've got to have the spirit of the Holy Ghost. You've got to have the spirit of God in you that denounces and and destroys every yoke of this world. Uh, Every yoke this world tries to tie to us. Uh, Amen, I'm preaching to somebody right now. Go all in. Uh, Don't just saddle up with Abraham uh, and Ishmael. Uh, No, go to Abraham and Sarah. Get the full blessings of God. Get everything. Uh, Don't just have a form of it, uh, but get everything God has for you. That's why repentance, uh, water baptism, infilling of the Holy Ghost uh, is what it takes I gotta get it all. The spirit of Esau says, "That's enough. You got enough. Go." On. I believe I'm preaching to some people today that want everything God has for them. Anybody want everything God has for you? Well, it's going to take resisting the spirit of Esau. Because Esau is okay with not having everything. Esau is comfortable living. It's kind of like those two and a half tribes. They were comfortable living on the outside of the promise. They were on the border of Canaan. And they said, Sister Naomi, this is fine. I want to see the blessings of God, but I don't want to go all the way in. Why? Why? Why would you not go to want to go in where it flows with me? It's not just enough for me to see somebody get blessed. I want the glory to fill on me, fall on me. I want the presence of God to fall on my life. But the spirit of Esau will let you live on the board of her promise. And God's saying, i got a whole lot more for you. If you'll just taste and see that the Lord is good. I've got so much peace and joy and love. Amen. You think you got to touch right now when your sins are forgiven. Wait till you get the Holy Ghost inside of you and it changes your direction. It gives you hope and peace. You can sleep at night for the first time. You can have joy. Amen. And that unspeakable and full of glory. That's what the Holy Ghost wants to do. That's what God wants to do. But it requires us resisting the spirit of Esau and saying, no, God, I want everything you have. I'm not satisfied on the border of a promise. I want to go in. God led Moses right there, and he said, okay, I'm done. Y'all can go have it, but I'm not going with you. He said, you can go right on in. But I'm staying right here. And Moses said, "God, if you don't go with me, I don't want anything in there." The spirit of Esau says, "Okay, yeah, I'll go. That's cool. I mean, what good's the birthright? You brought, me, you brought me right here. I can I can partake of the blessings. That's why the Bible says the the the, the prodigal son said, give me give him give me my inheritance. Give it to me right now.'" I don't want to have to work for it. I don't want to have to wait till you're dead. Give it to me right now. I want it right now. God took Moses and the people right there and said, you you can go on in if you want to, but I'm not going in with you. I'm done. You're limiting me. You're doubting me. You don't believe. You murmur and complain all the time. I'm done. I'm ending it right now. I'm stopping right now. There it is. Go enjoy. I'm done. Moses said, oh, no, God. I'm not taking another step if you're not with me. I'd much rather... And notice how Moses died on the mountaintop. Sister Dykes looking into the promise. He was satisfied with seeing the promise, but knowing God was with him because God communed with him on the mountain. Moses said, I'll die right now knowing that you're with me than going in there knowing that you might leave me. I'd much rather stay where you are, where you're at. I'd much rather stay right here, God, where you're at than ever partake of anything out there that you're not involved in, that you're not a part of. I'm preaching to somebody right now. Resist the spirit of Esau that says, oh, I'll just have a little blessing. I'll just take it. It don't matter if God's with me or God's for me. It doesn't matter if God's on my side. I just want a little blessing and favor. Give me my inheritance now, no God. I would much rather. I would love. To, I, I would love to walk through this life knowing you're with me, than to go one second and think and think for one second that you're not on my side. God, I'll go through anything as long as you're with me. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Because you're with me. I don't care where I go, God. As long as you're with me. I don't care what travel what 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 traveling I go through, what road what path I take, as long as you're with me, God. Spirit of Esau says it don't matter. I'll take it. Hebrews 12 and 16, I'm, I'm closing. Lest there be any fornicator or profane person as Esau who for one morsel of meat sold his birthright. Brother Dykes, it says one morsel of meat, but Jacob gave him a pot of soup full of beans. But this says for one morsel of meat. Esau walked into the room that day thinking he was going to get what he despised. Because Rebecca heard the plan. Rebecca heard the promise. Rebecca said, no, he he don't deserve that blessing. And for one morsel of venison, Jacob walked in and said, I'm Esau. I'll take care of the blessing. I'll take care of the promise. I'll take care of it. The Bible says in verse 17, for no... For you know how that afterward, everybody say afterward. Stand with me, please. When he would have inherited the blessing, he was rejected. For he found no place of repentance, though he sought it carefully with tears. I've struggled with that verse all my life until yesterday. I struggled with God. How did you hate that guy? You so loved the world, but you hated one man. And when he came to say, God, I'm sorry, you rejected him. he found no place. He sought it carefully, but it was too little, too late. That's why the Bible says that there are seasons and times of refreshing. There are times that God reaches down in a service just like this, and he talks to you. He deals with your heart. There's moments that he brings stuff in front of our face and says, hey, fix it, Bubba. And if we rise up like Esau and say, oh, it's their fault. Whom the Lord loves, he chastens. It hurts sometimes, but it's because he loves you. I may be preaching hard to somebody right now, but it's because God, God loves you. If he didn't love you, he just... But whom he loves, he chastens. And today, it's painful sometimes to look at that mirror called life and say, it's me, God. It's me. And conviction is an easy thing to push down and suppress and go on. But learn from the spirit of Esau. It doesn't work out well. very first words I said to you in Malachi, I hate Esau. And I've turned his mountains into a waste. He can rebuild and return, but I'll throw them down. They're going to be called the border of wickedness. And the people against whom the Lord hath indignation forever. Because somebody said it's their fault. Because somebody said I don't value what I've been raised in. I'm telling you, I'm so thankful. It, it thrills my heart. I don't mean to pick on, 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 on your girls, but it thrills my heart to see them worship God. Because I know a lot of preachers' kids that don't move. And it bothers me when I see people raised in apostolic homes and Sister Sister Dykes, they don't move. They don't respond. It's the spirit of Esau coming upon them saying, oh, it don't mean nothing. Mom and Dad's just crazy. No, no, no. You reject that. That's the spirit of Esau trying to keep you from your blessing, from your inheritance. Amen. Anytime you feel his presence, anytime you're in the house, uh, you need to cherish the love of the Father. You need to cherish your upbringing and say, oh, God, I don't despise it. I know sometimes it may seem wrong. I know sometimes it may seem unfair. I know sometimes they're picking on me. I know the world makes fun of me because of my hair, my dress, how I do, how I act. I don't go here. I don't go there. I understand that, but it's worth it because there's a blessing it's worth it because they're an inheritance that's waiting on me and if I despise it God say I'll reject you come on lift up your hands right now in the name of Jesus I speak against the spirit of Esau over every home right now I speak against Against, in the name of Jesus, the spirit of Esau that's keeping your boy, your daughter captive. I speak against the spirit of Esau that's dividing your marriage, that's separating your home. I bind it right now. We're not ignorant of his devices. And so every time that spirit raises up its ugly head, church, you identify it and say, Esau, get out of my life. Get out of my mind. Get out of my heart. I'm not going to go that way. I'm not going to do that. It's me, God. It's me. I am responsible. I'm the one. The Bible says two men came up to the front. One fell on his face and beat his chest. He said, oh God, have mercy on
2: me, for I'm a sinner.
1: And Jesus said there was another boy that came up and looked over at that sinner. He said, oh God, I thank you. Not for your blessings. Not for your kindness. Not for your goodness. I thank you, God, that I'm not like him. It's the spirit of Esau that justifies our wrong of somebody else's actions. But when we come up to the front and say, It's me, God. Don't let the devil, I'm telling you, ma'am, don't let the devil beat you up and say your mistakes are where you're at. You're responsible. Hey, there's some things we can't reverse. There's some things we can't go back on. That doesn't mean God doesn't love you. It doesn't mean God doesn't have a plan for your life. He takes beautiful things and makes beautiful things out of ashes and brokenness. So don't let the devil tell you that you're going to have a beautiful life because of choices and decisions you made because of things that happen in your life. No, that's a lie from hell. God can take our brokenness and make something beautiful out of it. But it requires us saying, God, I'm sorry. I can't go back and unring the bell, but from this day on, I can take responsibility. And I'm going to walk with you, Jesus. I'm going to walk with you, Jesus. Come on, lift your hands right now. I'm opening up these altars right now. Will anybody come and fight against the spirit of Esau? Will anybody fight against a spirit that tells you it don't mean anything?
2: Will anybody step out
1: and fight against a spirit that says it's their fault, it's her fault? Help me to look in the mirror of life
2: and recognize it's you, boy. Brother
1: Holmes says, "Get yourself by the right nap of the neck." Is
2: the oh, Bishop Holmes, Today I wish you to hear. I wish you here, so I can ask permission. But I feel permission of the Holy Ghost. Changed. You need
1: to wrap. Get yourself by the nap of the I've neck and changed. bring yourself to the altar and say, "It's me, God."
2: I have waited for it's the nobody else but God. me. for you. Your came and He's got a purpose changed. in plan
1: for your life.
2: I go back. Come on, I let's love him right now. Let's love, love him right now. To the way it used to be Come on, let's love him right now. Your came and
1: oh, I'm preaching that somebody get some strength right now oh,
2: that you resist faith. the spirit of ease.
1: All that tells you is not worth it. Yes. It doesn't require that. I don't have to go that far. I don't have to do that much. No, no, no. Forgiven, there are some things gonna you're only going to experience yes. if you do like Jesus did and go a little farther. I said, there's only some things you're going to experience if you do like Jesus did and go a little farther.
2: Come on, love him, love him, love him, love him, love him, love him.
1: Come on, right where you're at, lift up your hands and say, here I am, Jesus. Praise for your presence
2: and change
1: you. Come on, praise, him. Me. Come on, praise him right
2: now. Praise him right back. now. I can't go back to the way it used to be. for your presence. Come on, cry out to him. Me.
1: I rebuke the spirit of Esau.